Steve, I got one of the best birthday presents I've ever gotten, and that was from our friend Sally Jacoby Murphy, and it's a Battle for Endor shirt. Whoa, man. That's, you did send that to me, yeah. It's that poster that makes no sense. It's got that like butch tough guy on the front of it when nobody like that is in the movie. So fun. Remember when those shirts were all the rage, like in yeah. the late eighties, early nineties, that style. Yeah. And now everyone's making those shirt. They're making them mm-hmm. for everything now. I you know, know? stoked about it. The retro's coming back. It sure is. Sally did a little show and tell earlier because we got her, my wife Hillary and I got her this book of Star Wars felt and she's made a wicket, which is breathtaking. Thank you. Jeez. It's amazing. He's pretty adorable. I kind of want to figure out a way to like Velcro him to all my outfits so he can sit on my shoulder. I think that's a great idea. (laughs) Just hanging along. Yeah, I think that'll make me cool. (laughs) You're the treehouse. That's what it is. (laughs) This needs to be in your in your Etsy store, Sally, so everybody can have a shoulder wicket. <laughs> shoulder wicket. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, hon? Well, I'm shopping for shoulder wickets. <laughs> I'm more of a shoulder shoulder Nisa myself, you know. <laughs> Welcome to This Endorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. Beyond. Today we are discussing Season 2, Episode 10A, Horville's Hut of Horrors, with secret guest, I mean, <laughs> with special guest, Jacoby <laughs> <laughs> Murphy, the Queen of Halloween. I like being a secret guest. Yeah. That makes me feel like extra special. Nobody knew you were coming. So it's, you are the secret guest. Like, surprise! (laughs) We didn't announce it last time. Although it would be fun sometime to have a guest on here and they just, they keep their screen blank and the other one of us has to try to guess who it is. You know? (laughs) That's true. It's like the masked singer, but yeah, it's the masked yeah. podcaster. Exactly. It's the next show. It's the next you show. Only, you can only communicate in emojis. That's it. <laughs> Sally, welcome back to this enduring life. Thank you. It's good to be back, especially since you know traditionally I have only been on here for Halloween. So it's like, I mean, it is extra special for me. It, so. is. it is. Yeah. Now, technically, we've tried this once before because early on we had you on for the Haunted Village because we thought with a name like the Haunted Village, it's going to be a spooky episode. And it was, in fact, not. It was all about them, like, stealing soap. Do you remember that? Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that very well. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to forget. I'm pleased to say that this one is spooky. I think this is the spookiest episode we've done. Oh, yeah. Yep. I have a real... I mean, we can get into this, Sally, because I'm sure you have thoughts on it, but... I have a real weakness for spooky dreams and like dream mm-hmm. stuff that used to terrify me as a child. Yeah, that's fair. There's some real like huffalumps and woozles kind of vibes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I got out of it, which was absolutely terrifying. And I'm almost yep. 40 and I was like, all right, I'm not going to. I didn't even write yeah. about it in the synopsis. Yeah. I just breezed it's over scary. it as like a nightmare dreamscape. <laughs> I, like, I copped out on that one. <laughs> Uh, today's episode was written by Paul Dini. It was directed by Dale Scott. It originally aired November 15th, 1986, and was released on VHF as part of the compilation Ewoks 4, 
Wicket's Adventures as he becomes a warrior. And that title cracks me up because that is the longest title that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it could be longer. Uh, in the forest, collecting yeah. badges right. for his belt yeah. of honor. Exactly. <laughs> he walks four. One time, Wicket decided that he wanted to get a bunch of things on his belt, and so he went around solving crimes and facing adventures so that he could get things for his belt. <laughs> Part one. Part one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so, it's so yeah. true, though. <sighs> There's, oh, we've man. covered we've covered all the cast for season two, and they don't have yeah. a lot of credits. So uh, this is this is an odd one. So stay with me here, okay? When the Ewoks in the Droids cartoons were issued on DVD, they each got a DVD release, and they took like four episodes and they turned them into like a feature length. But to make that work, they did like a frame story with narration. So Alex Lindsay was brought in and he did a just a narr- just a standard narration for the droids episodes but for the Ewoks DVD which I've seen like this is the thing I've probably seen the most he does a voiceover but in character as like an old wicket being like oh I remember back in the days of Endor <laughs> so Alex Lindsay plays an old wicket but only on the DVD release of the Ewoks cartoons which I think is kind of a weird thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, aside from that, he had previously worked at Lucasfilms doing visual effects for The Phantom Menace, where he also appeared on screen as Rum Sleg. <laughs> and there, there is an action figure. I checked and there is an action figure of really? Rum Sleg. So yeah. Yep. <laughs> what? So he's made it. I know. Oh, man. I know. Is this actively something that I could go to like Target and buy, or is this long out of... Probably it came out like in conjunction with the Phantom Menace. So, okay. Okay. So it'll cost me a pretty penny. That, yes, it probably would. There was a lot of crossover between like the Ewoks, particularly the droid cartoon and the prequels. There's a lot of things in Attack of the Clones that are like come directly from the droids cartoons, or there's just there's a lot of connection there. So I think that's why these were coming out at the same time. There was people who were involved in both and were just kind of using it as an opportunity to be like, hey, People are interested in Star Wars. Let's toss out some of these uh, lesser-known things. So, <laughs> pretty cool, I thought. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, Steve, you want to take us into our uber-detailed plot for Horrible Side of Horrors? I will. Take us in. The uber-detailed plot or synopsis of Season 2, Episode 10A, Horville's Hut of Horrors. It's carnival season in the village, and Wicked is especially excited for the Warrior's overnight trip coming up. Shadu, busy baking pies for the carnival, needs Wicket to take Winda, his baby sister, to the Tumble Bunny show. Wicket protests, but is convinced by the prospect of being able to go on the Warriors Overnighter. Wicket approaches the show, but starts to back away, running into Tebow and Lotaro, who are also backing away from the Tumble Bunny show. It's no place for a warrior, Wicket says. That's when they spot Horville's hut of horrors. Wicket and the gang are a bit startled, but intrigued about the show, while the little walklings are terrified. Wicket convinces the gang to go into the hut of horrors despite protests from the little ones. After getting their fill, the whole gang runs from the hut, screaming in fright. The walklings won't stop crying, and the gang regrets bringing them into the hut of horrors. Wicket has an idea of having all the Walklings sleep over at his place to hopefully distract the scared Walklings, but even Tebow's failed magic tricks don't work as everything reminds them of the Hut of Horrors. Shadow arrives and wonders why everyone is crying. 
Nisa pleads with Wicket to come clean or he won't be able to go on the Warriors overnighter, but he's stubborn and still won't admit what he did. That night, Wicket develops a plan with Tebow to prevent the Walklings from having nightmares, which would surely give away his mistake. They use a magical contraption that sucks bad dreams away, but aren't exactly sure how it works. During the night, the contraption does its job of sucking the bad dreams away from the little Walklings, but it falls over and all the trapped dreams are released and transferred to Wicket, who ends up having Horville's hut of horror nightmares of his own. Horville's hut characters are morphed in with his family and friends and his guilt of keeping his secret from his mother in a terrifying nightmare dreamscape. Shouting, no, 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 Wicket is woken up by his mother. The Walklings are fine, but the shock of his own terrible nightmare spurs Wicket to come clean to his mother about taking the Walklings to the Hut of Horrors and not the Bunny Show. Wicket is very sorry, and Shadu now knows why he had bad nightmares. Wicket asks if he can still go on the Warriors overnight. Shadu tells him he can go on the next one because he's going to be busy. Busy being the main act in the Tumble Bunny show all day, that is. Roll credits. When I hear the Tumble Bunny show, that does not sound like a children's show to me. That <laughs> sounds like a very adult performance. <laughs> yeah. okay. I mean, who knows? Right. You know, I'm just like yeah. a furriers or something, you know? Yeah. I listen. I was I was pleasantly surprised at just how spooky this episode was. No, I mean I thought it was spooky. My only like you know spooky complaint was I wanted to see more of what actually happened in the hut of course. Right, uh, but yeah. overall yeah. spook factor high. I would say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you go and he you see kind of a showcase of all the different things that are in the hut of horrors, but you don't really like mm-hmm. get to see them. It's just that one spooky guy. Um, I liked his character design, Horville. He, I looked it up because I thought that he was a specific Star Wars alien. So it's like sort of hammerhead, like, do you know what I'm talking about, yeah. Steve? They, mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's got that look of that, that alien in the canteen where his head kind of goes up, yeah. but Horville's goes down. Right, exactly. Right? The nearest I could find, like looking up Star Wars, like long faced aliens, was the Athorians. But yeah, those are the ones where they connect along the chin and the head goes up. And Horville was, like you said, just the opposite. Like comes straight across where like the neck would be and the face like droops way down. But mm. there's something very off putting about that design. Like just the design alone is creepy. Yeah, he's. And his voice. Yeah. It's whoever. I, I tried to look up who did the voice. I, I can't find it. I can't find it. It's nowhere. I don't know. It's like they kept no records. I, it's really yeah. bizarre. You can't find yeah. it anywhere. I thought this whole thing worked. I, it felt very atypical as far as Ewok episodes go, you know, because it was just like it was kind of self-contained. It was about like the bad dreams. There wasn't really a villain in the story. It was just like them struggling with being creeped out, which I thought was kind of fun. Yeah. I liked the, like, I liked it. I like we're using Tebow's magic. You know, I thought it was cool that he was going to, like, he had that contraption that was going to, like, suck the bad dreams out of their head. And then the fact that, like, the, yeah. the mechanism breaks and all everybody's weird bad dreams gets mixed together and then goes into Wicket's mind. That, that feels horror movie-like to me. No, I agree. I mean, I thought the whole, like, dream sequence was kind of interesting because it felt like it was borrowing from, like, 
other, yeah, like other horror dream sequences that I've seen. I mean, I joked about the like heffalumps and woozles. It did remind me of the Winnie the Pooh <laughs> uh, thing oh, there. Yeah. But that has like yeah. famously been one of the things that like people reference as like that really freaked me out as a kid. And I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like if I had watched this as a kid, I would be genuinely scared. And it reminds yeah. me of, you know, like it reminded me of Poltergeist. I know oh, yeah. there's not specifically a dream sequence in that, but that's sort of like, um, it's almost like, another dimension or something yeah it is very other dimensional and it, it's the morphing i think which is freaky right yeah. we're looking at like a scary object but then it morphs into like his mother yeah. but then she's still like, ah! yeah. you know and it's like okay all right nope that's freaky yeah, yep freaky. you know well i think it was just clear that they were really going for like a horror aesthetic you know and yeah and just something about like how the dreamscape was sort of underdrawn. Like it was, it was shadows, but it was also like stuff didn't really make sense. And there were like random eyeballs mm-hmm. on things, you know, and like it had almost like a Salvador Dali kind of like loose drippy vibe to it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was, I well, was the like, typical yeah, dream right. things, right? Like running and not going anywhere. He did that. Yeah. Like that's like a typical dream thing. And I don't, that's what I thought when I saw that. I was just like, oh, yeah, I've had dreams yeah. like that where I'm like running yeah. but not going anywhere. Well, and it's terrifying. You, you hit it, Steve. The thing where it's like it's something creepy and then it turns into Shadu, but then Shadu's creepy. That's like, yeah. I mean, you know, nightmare. That's just like pure nightmare. That's the worst kind where it's like in the dream you think, oh, okay, I'm safe now. And then whatever it is turns and like, no, you're not. That's creepy. It is. Yeah. They did. They did well in this one. It's funny how all the other ones, the episode names, do sound terrifying. Yeah. But this one is, you know, Horville's Hut of Horrors. Yeah. I think we got what we expected. I, I think I was. I was this time. I was expecting yeah. it to be scary. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I. I think my kids watched this one, and they did have dreams. So I wonder if. Uh, I wonder if this affected it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh man. Yeah, I don't really have complaints about this. As I was trying to think about like an Oak of Arc moment, I, I kind of struggled with that. What did you guys think, Sally? What was your least favorite part of this episode? I mean, I feel like I already said it. My Oak of Arc moment was just like, I wanted there to be more within the Hut of Horrors. I was like, oh, no, I want to learn more about Plube. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that guy do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so true. They did introduce them. It's like, hello, yeah. I'm Plube. And, and just like, you know what i so like when i was searching for things about this episode every time i go to type in horrible's hut of horrors the response would be horrible's hut of horrors plube because people i think are just like searching what like wtf plube yeah i think that's That's good i think that's a fair assessment like wanting more with horrible's hut of horrors but i i kind of appreciated how I feel like they were sort of playing with the concept of like not knowing what's in there is kind of scarier than actually seeing like Plube be like, Ooh, I'm Plube. You're afraid of Plube, you know? Yeah. The concept of like the unknown elements of Horvilles is what's really freaking them out more than anything. So yeah, I like that. What, what about you, Steve? What's your Oak of Arc? I think mine was when they set up the contraption, to suck the dreams away or trapped whatever the, the terminology would be is they were like yeah this is what it's supposed to do but we don't know how it works and then what happened was it worked fine it just the leg fell apart so, and so i was just like oh well what was the, that weird like we don't know how it works yeah because then i was expecting that like they set it up wrong not yeah. that it would just fall over right and so that it would like backfire 
on, you know, that they were supposed to put like a, a, a net on it yeah. and they didn't. Right. And then all the dreams just, you know, fizzled down yeah. right into Wicked's head. You know, that to me, I was just like, oh, what? what? That was like a weird, like, hook yeah. and then nothing was caught so the fact that it was so. just like a mechanical failure versus like all right it sucks the dreams out of your head and makes them real like yeah that, yeah we don't know how it works yeah okay but you do okay. you, apparently you do you know like I get that. yeah i get that so it is honestly like the concept of a machine that can suck dreams out of your head is pretty terrifying it is that could be used in some real warfare yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can sure. it suck good dreams out too? Yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's yeah. And can it put like bad dreams? Like, could you suck it out and put it in a Duloc's head or something? <laughs> oh, wow! A dream weapon. Yeah. Right to weaponizing. Wow. <laughs> Dark. <laughs> yeah, right. Gotta get. Dark. We gotta take care of those Duloc's somehow. You know. <laughs> what about you, Nick? What was your like Okavar? I think mine, because, I mean, I guess we have to have sort of a goofy cartoon ending, but, like, Wicket having, like, his punishment being he has the star in the Floppy Bunnies or whatever show, I thought was kind of stupid. Mm. Yeah, that was dumb. I agree. Not just that uh, he when, has to take yeah. them, but he has to, like, perform. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I just thought that was... In the lead role. In the, the lead, lead role. role. In the lead role, yeah. I thought yeah. that was... I don't know. I thought that he was kind of didn't earn silly. that. <laughs> no. No, uh, Ichiwawa, I feel like, is, is equally hard, though, because there's, there's lots of elements that I like. So uh, what, about, what about you, Steve? What, what was the part that did it for you? Mine was when they're, when they're about to walk in, and they're like, what's that horrible noise? And it's like the music and like the screaming, and it's like this little dopey guy with like organ, like <laughs> organ pipes coming out of I mean, him, and he's just creepy, like, welcome so. by, like... Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, yeah, his organs are on the outside, but he's just an organ. That makes sense. But no, he like walks over, and he just looks like this dopey guy, but like screams and loud noises and startling music is coming out of him. He just walks away. It just kind of reminds me of like Larry. I don't know. You remind me of Larry. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Larry. Okay. (laughs) Sally, what about you? What part did it for you? What was your favorite? I mean, I feel like I had two. The first one, the small one, was in the first, like, 30 seconds when he says, the warrior overnighter, or whatever. And I was like, is this a sleepover for warriors? And I want to see this, and I want it to exist as, like, um, like a pillow fight, sleepover, like, eating lots of junk food kind of thing, but, like, with warriors. Right. They're, like, calling girls. Hey, go. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're watching Miss Congeniality and like right. I, yeah. that's oh, why guys gladiator yeah. he's so cool yeah. you know like exactly. oh, so that did get me excited but I suppose that's for a future episode yeah but then I would say my real one was I di- I agree with you that I thought the character design of the whole horror thing horror. was great yeah. so like yeah. Horville was great I thought that the other guys that they show the like mystic guy and stuff like i just thought they were really cool looking mm-hmm. um and genuinely creepy and i like that they were sort of distinctly different from any of the other aliens that we've seen in the show so true. far mm. so, yeah true. yeah they really that's are. true All yeah. yeah yeah we've had that before where there's been characters and we're like i don't know it kind of looks like a clone of this yeah. so you know these were like these if they didn't talk 
we'd been like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, they're the scary ones. Yeah. We can te- we can definitely tell. They, so they did a good they, job. They mess with proportion. Like things were long that shouldn't be long, and like yep. like their heights were all weird and like weird. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. It's hard for me to pick because I think that there were like. Like, uh, the, the dream monster turning into Shadow and that still being creepy was, like, the, I had that kind of dream. But I feel like the dreamscape in general, the, the moment where, as you said, Steve, he's, like, running and going nowhere, and you have, like, these droopy shadows in the background, and you just have, like, random mm-hmm. eyes bulging out. I was like, this is freaky. And I was excited to see that. So I'm, I'm going to give it to that. That was a legit dream. And, and I was wondering, too, when it happened, was, like, was Wicket's dream just a collective dreams of all the kids? So it was just like, mm. was the running like yeah. one of the little kids? And then was like, Shadu was definitely part of Wicket's. Or was the Shadu like Windows Nightmare, his little sister, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, like, oh, mom, mom's going to find out yeah. what, what I did, you right. know? Like, even it wasn't really her fault right. still, you know, you're like, oh. Mm. Yeah, so the, the that's interesting. Like blending all of their nightmares together. Yeah, I think was I think was really cool. It's a it's a tough one to rate because I feel like it's maybe up there with best of season two. I don't know. Mm. How do you? What do you think, Steve? I I, I was thinking I gave one a little while ago. I think a four point five. This one and this one was better, but it's not a five. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like I know it was very much Star Wars. I, it felt like a like a Ewoks. I I don't know. I gotta give this one a five. I think it was really good. Yep, yep. I'm giving it a five. I'm doing it, and I feel good about it. <laughs> Godspeed, Steve. <laughs> but no, yeah. I, that's that's where I'm at too. Again, using using the scale of season two, I think this is right up there. So yeah, I, I'll give it yeah. five out of five. Sure, Sally. What about you? Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point my ratings are kind of meaningless because I enjoy all of these so much. <laughs> but even when they're not as good, I'm like, yeah, that was awesome. Cause, so I'm pretty sure the first one, no, was it la- the last one? One of them I've given a five to. But I mean, this is definitely a five for me. I enjoyed everything about this one. So. Yeah, nice. You, you were pretty, you were pretty uh, happy with Night of the Gorax, but that was the comic, not the show. So that's right. Maybe that's right. the best mm. episode you've seen with us, I think. Yeah. That- yeah. You're right. You're right. That was so yeah. good, though. They did a really good job on that. Yeah, that was just so good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I feel like uh, I feel like we've righted the wrong that we that we had on you all those all those episodes ago with the uh, haunted village, which was not scary. <laughs> this this was spooky enough for both of them, and it required the Queen of Halloween. I learned a lot so. about soap on that last one, though. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. You did. <laughs> you did. You did. Your wife seems like the kind of person who would make soap. Has has she made soap before? You can be honest. You know, I don't think she has. I feel like the difference between us, though, is I actually did make soap this year, but mine was like that frou-frou, like you just melt it in the microwave and add scent to it and like boom, you have soap. But she would be the person that goes out and like renders animal fat to like boil down. Digging up roots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digging up. <laughs> yeah. That might be in my future. I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, no. Um, I do. I want to ask one question because this, again, this played in. This is like my number one fear as a child with spooky dreams and dreams I can't control. Uh, so, but I want to know, like, when thinking back to when you were super little, like, what's one of the earliest things you remember watching and then having nightmares about? I've got. I'll tell you mine. Well, I'll give you a minute to think about yours. Okay. I watched an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, which was just on Nick at Night, 
And it was about this guy who crawled into his bed and was convinced that there was a snake in the bottom of it. And nobody would take it seriously and nobody would help him. And finally, like, there's, there's a big twist where the person who's making fun of him gets in the bed after he gets out and then he's trapped with the snake. And the guy's like, well, you didn't believe me, so why should I believe you? And he just leaves him there with like a rattlesnake at the foot of his bed. I had nightmares about a snake being in the foot of my bed for years after watching that episode. Years. Oh, man. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. What about you, Sally? Um, I mean, there are definitely a few that come to mind, but the one I'm going to go with is, do you remember that show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. And yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. And there's yeah. an episode and I'm probably going to, somebody who's like a big fan of this is going to be like, that is not what the, how that episode goes. But it's like these teenagers are in their school locker room and they realize that some of the lockers, if you pull them back, there's a hidden door behind them. So like they have moved these lockers to hide this door and there's a swimming pool behind these lockers. And there is a monster that is invisible that lives in this pool that creates whirlpools and like eats children. And so like at some point, some kid was like swimming in the pool and this whirlpool happened and he like disappeared and is like gone and nobody knows what happened to him and all this jazz. And for years, as I was like falling asleep, I would think about all the places where there could be like these hidden doors that go to like freaky monsters that like adults apparently don't deal with. They just like cover the doors up <laughs> and are like, hey, hopefully you don't wander in just, there, kids. We'll just put kid lockers in front of it. <laughs> wow. Man, for me, I, I, I do, I do know. And it was one time when we grew up in Patterson. My parents were outside and I went inside and I went up to their room and I could see outside I could see them outside the window and their TV was right there. One of those like, you know, CRT ones about like twelve yeah. inches. And I turned it on and aliens was on. Oh. And it was the scene where they first encounter them when like, you know, they're like man this should be you you know like 20 feet you know and it's they come through the windows and or the the ceiling and the floor yeah that's what i saw i think would it would that come out in like 86 or something so it was probably like it was probably like 87 or 88 so it would have been like five years old that's like burned in my burned in my brain forever as as, and when i eventually saw it i was just like yeah, it's a really scary scene. I probably should have seen that. Like, but it was like twenty when I finally saw the yeah. actual movie, and yeah. I was like, I remember this. Where do I remember this from? Oh yeah, yeah. I still remember it, like looking outside, being like, Oh my gosh, I shouldn't be watching this. This is way too old for me. But I watched it. It was terrible. Worst part of the movie. Worst part, and I saw wow. it. And that's the one you watched. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. See, we all could have used that horrible machine that pulls the horrible nightmares out of your head yeah so well that's what hate drop ceilings you know you never know that's, don't you just want to like look up and be like what's in there no I you don't, don't. Oh, it terrifies no, me no, you're freaking me out it's gonna be well, me you know you live with that for yeah. 30 years yeah i don't want to <laughs> 35 years <laughs> I, I don't want to do that all right well sally uh thanks for coming on this creepy journey with us thank you for having me i'm always happy to come on these Spooky adventure. Yeah, you're you're quick. I was like, hey, what would you think? And you were like, I'm there. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I didn't even yeah. finish the sentence yet. Yes. I know. It was a quick yes. 
You know, it's funny, like we wrote out the schedule for the episodes that we were going to do, like when we were going to do them, and your name has been listed as doing this episode for like a year now. And I was like, wait, I never actually asked her to do that. So <laughs> luckily it all worked well, out. Well, I thought I was playing it cool. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess, whatever. But yeah. you saw it through it. You saw my excitement. I, I just canceled all my plans. <laughs> I could see it. All right, well, next time uh, we continue with episode 10B, The Tragic Flute. Mm. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's probably going to be tragic. Do you think Very it tragic. will be a play on the magic flute, or do you think it will just be... Oh, yeah, Mozart, right? Magic flute? Yeah, there's like a whole yeah. opera. I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. So I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out when next we meet. Steve, see you next time. Sally, so long. Yes, see you. Sally, thank you. <laughs> this Endorian Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include 9021 Here We Go, 90s Music Got Me Like, and Previously on X-Men. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life, and please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>